Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. I am starting to grow... Um, or respect, <laughs> I guess, for Soju and <laughs> researching it a lot more these days. <gasps> researching. Whenever Carol says researching, she's she's just getting hammered. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing tonight? I'm doing market research. <laughs> Welcome to the worst Asian podcast where a couple Asian American millennials give you our shitty opinions on all things Asian. It is super early. How are you doing today, Ben? I need sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. We've come full circle. You know, during our very first episode of recording, the first thing we ever drank. Yeah. Do you know what we were drinking during I remember, that day? man. Yeah. I was drinking a... Uh... A delicious nectar of the gods, Maku. Drinking something before every recording was not such a good idea. Did I have work the next day? No, not the next day. You had work like the next, next few hour. hours. <laughs> and then you always went to work hammered. <laughs> we've come full circle and now yeah. we've have on the podcast the CEO and creator of that very beverage that we started this off with. It was meant to be, man. Coming onto the podcast today is creator and CEO of Maku and Soku, Carol Pack. Woo! <laughs> Hi, how are you guys? What's We're up, doing Carol? good. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Very quick thing. I saw recently on social media, you were out in the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah. I got back early this week. I love LA. So anytime I go out there, it's great, especially when it's really cold over here. Yes, it was very cold. <laughs> 30 degrees when I landed. But um, we it was a team retreat and we also had uh, two company events over there. So it was jam-packed. Yeah, it was nice because our team is kind of remote and we're also split between LA and New York. So it was nice to like get everyone together nice. and see each other. I think it was like the first time that our team got together, you know, did some team bonding things. And Oh, that's great. I saw that you had this event where you had a beer pong tournament with unlimited <laughs> drinks. Yep. It was uh, Maku Pong. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have another one here. <laughs> In New York City? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we want to do a lot more events going forward. Because I saw some of the snippets that you had on social media and it looked like a lively party. Yeah, it was like a club. <laughs> <laughs> it was genuinely like a club. She's like, damn, I need a detox right now. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking about it before, but Maku is something that we both enjoy. Mm -hmm. Oh, very quick side tangent. I'm not sure if you know this, but our listeners know this. I, Linji, am not drinking this year in 2022. Not because it's a no. personal choice, because I lost a bet last year. Yeah, you, so unfortunately, yeah, you this year, I have to try my best not to drink. 
unless I get to a certain fitness goal, but I can tell you that on the side. So um, I'm going to live vicariously through both of you for the rest of this year. <laughs> wow, that is a tough bet. <laughs> <laughs> Carol's like, damn, I'm sweating from that. You know? <laughs> Thank God that I don't own my own company that sells alcohol. Yeah, man. So for our listeners out there, can you quickly describe exactly what Maku and what Soku is? I think Soku would be the simpler one because it is uh, derived from soju, which I would mm-hmm. say 99% of our listeners are very familiar with. Yes. But the other one, Maku, is based off of Makgoli. You can do it. There you go. Remember, I am not Korean. <laughs> um, so Soku is a ready-to-drink cocktail made with soju. For the 1% of your listeners who doesn't know what soju is, um, <laughs> it's, it's Korea's most popular liquor. And general soju has actually been the world's best-selling liquor for over 10 years. Oh, wow. It's just a clear, distilled, neutral grain spirit. And then uh, makgeolli is derived from, um, well, maku is derived from makgeolli, which is Korea's oldest alcoholic beverage. It's essentially a beer-like beverage, except it's made with rice and it's uh, very coarsely filtered. It's kind of like a very hazy consistency, carbonated, yeah. low in alcohol. The best way to think about it for those who know nigori sake is like a nigori sake meets a pilsner. That's oh, a good that, way of putting it. That is actually a very good way of putting it. A little bit sweet and a little bit bubbly. Yeah, like a creamy texture, mm-hmm. consistency kind of you can say too. Yeah, it does. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I've always been told, it's very high in fiber. Yeah, it is. It It is. is. It has some benefits. So fiber, I mean, farmers used to eat it as food. Oh, seriously. It was, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just drank not for to get hammered, but just for (laughs) for nourishment as well. Is it a spirit or is it a beer? Makgeolli is a beer. Some makgeollis that come in from Korea uh, are classified as wine, but we specifically thought it was Mm -hmm. more appropriate to classify it as a beer. So we got that approval from the government. Uh, so how did you get involved in all this? You're not a lifelong alcohol professional, right? This was more of a recent adventure for you? <laughs> I mean, I've been an alcohol professional since I was in high school. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so after business school in 2016, I went into ZX Ventures, which is the in- innovation arm of AB InBev, and Heiser-Busch InBev, which is the world's largest beer company. They own brands like uh, Budweiser and Stella and, and Goose Island. I believe they oh, own oh, wow. like 60% of the world's beer portfolio or something like that. So oh, I was on their team as an entrepreneur in residence and they basically were going to give me a budget to start a new brand for them. Um, so I was working between the Shanghai office and the New York office. And while I was working in Asia, I took a trip to Korea. Since I was on the innovation team, like I was always kind of looking at the alcohol aisles seeing what's trending, Mm -hmm. seeing what's like, you know, shifting in market share. And my friend started pointing out to me, you know, you should really check out Makgeolli. There's Makgeolli bars now and there's like um, Makgeolli stores. And it was was so like fascinating to me because none of my friends drank or talked about Makgeolli ever. Right, exactly. It's a very unknown portion of the market. Uh, Yeah. And two different friends had told me about it while I was in Korea for this short weekend um, so I started looking into it and realized, oh, there's definitely some growth here in the in the Korean market. And I started getting curious. And then after that, I was kind of very subtly and passively like doing muckily research, like checking out what kind of brands were in the U.S., how nice. they tasted, what it was made out of. 
And then on a second trip to Korea, I started visiting all the makgeolli breweries and like really digging into all the different types of makgeolli. Yeah, I I just thought that the makgeolli I found in Korea was amazing and there was like nothing like it in mm. in the US. And so I think my ambitions in the beginning were were much smaller than it became. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, all right, let me just figure out how to make this makgeolli at home. And I couldn't do it, so my mom stepped in and you know, I started sampling with people, think you know, asking, Oh, do you think, you know, I could sell this? And Yeah. Honestly, everyone said no, and I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very encouraging. Yeah. Just imagine, like, you come to your friends and you have this idea that yeah. I assume you're very passionate about. Right. And then you do all this prep work with your family. Uh, yeah. And the first thing they say is, Nah. Nah, bro. Nah. This is not going to work. Carol, let's just, let's just go drink, Carol. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean they, they probably were right. Um, and I also did a lot of testing with strangers. Like, I took regular makgeolli, like the imported bottles from H Mart and brought it to Central Park in Madison Square Garden and like just sampled yeah. it in the summer with people sitting on the grass and everyone was like, oh, no, thank you. That does not look appetizing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So like, no, I want to drink it. Wow. Do you think that's because they didn't know what it was or was that after they actually tried it that they said no? Uh, they didn't know what it was and they didn't want to try it because it was white. And they were like, <laughs> that looks like milk and I would never drink milk with alcohol in it. Their idea of how it would taste was milk with alcohol in it, which I would also not drink. Hey, hey, we say that right now, but give it like another 10 years. They're going to have like a hard milk something. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Everything becomes a thing. It's like your spike skim milk. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get past all those naysayers at Central Park? What still gave you the uh, passion to say, hey, screw you guys. I'm going to mm -hmm. try to make this into in a this. thing. Um, so I had some market insight. Uh, just working in the industry, I knew that the next five to 10 years of alcohol would drastically change. Um, there'd be like such a shift in terms of everything turning into cans, everything turning carbonated, all these alternative beverages to beer. This was even like before hard seltzers popped off. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of when hard cider was was kind of hot. And at our company, we were looking at like hard sodas and hard tea and basically anything canned, bubbly, sweet, flavored. And looking at the characteristics of these beverages, I was like, well, Makali shares a lot of these characteristics as well. And I could just put it yeah. in a can. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing about like the color being white, well, the imported bottles, a lot of them are transparent and you could see that the, you know, the color inside or... Oh, that's actually smart. That's true. But I was like, in a can, no one's going to know. I never thought about that way. That's just a small thing to do, but... Just changes the psychology of the whole. Because someone can't see the color. They have to physically taste it beforehand. Exactly. And then from there, they can actually decide on the taste itself if it's good. Not a preconceived notion about what it exactly. physically looks like. That's mm -hmm. actually very smart. Because most of the other Makoli things are in a transparent bottle. All of them. You see them, yeah. You see it's like in a tall bottle. It's yeah. green maybe. A little clear sometimes in some cases as well. So yeah. Yeah. And, and the packaging is just not great. Oh, actually, I, just, I was going to ask. Carol, did you ever like... For all you like youngins out there that might not know, but were you inspired for maku by like you know how you take like makoli and you put sprite in it? Mm-hmm. You know? Sprite and makoli a normal thing? Yeah. Yes, very very normal. Uh, I was not <laughs> well, inspired like, yes. by that, but I went to Kangodong Pekjong in K Town a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. The server there just made me a cocktail that we didn't ask for for the entire table. He got a pitcher. He did one bottle maku, one bottle soku, I mean, one bottle soju, 
and then one can uh-huh. Sprite. And then he gave it to us, and I was like, "Oh wow! Like it's still a thing." <laughs> oh, Just toss some soju it's in there, still a and thing. It's, yeah, no, that's all. Like when you're young, a lot of young kids drink that, and mm. that that was my experience with makgeolli when I was younger with with Sprite. Right, exactly. Once you decide to do all this, how does how does one actually go about making their own alcoholic beverage and trying to actually market and sell it? <laughs> I would say the first step is um, it's funny because when people ask me, I'm like, "Oh, you should do consumer research," and I did that, and it, it was a big red flag. But <laughs> after that, it's the formulation, right? Like you're, although I wouldn't say it's the most important thing because. The packaging kind of speaks to the eye before consumers ever get to try the liquid. Once people get past it, put it in their hands and taste it, obviously the liquid has to be good and it has to be differentiated. It has to be high quality. Of course. I kind of brewed kombucha at home and beer at home because it was like part of my job. And so I was like, oh, you know, I heard makgeolli is so easy to make. And all the old people back in the days brew makgeolli, so why can't I do it? So I bought a lot of like sweet rice and nuruk and yeast, and I started brewing at home, and it was just terrible. So my mom uh, started helping me because <laughs> she never brewed makgeolli, but like, I guess a lot of the resources are on Naver, which is kind of like Korea's biggest search engine, and there's a lot of like forums in Korean about makgeolli, which I can't comfortably like read. You needed your mom to help you there. Same here, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she just had a lot more resources than me, and she's also much more patient. I'm the type where I'll give something two or three tries. If I'm not getting good results, I can like give it up easily. But she will like figure it out till the end. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, we the formula. In the meantime, I was getting all my like alcohol licenses. I was like the importing and the distribution wholesale licensing. You know, setting up like the financial projections. Um, And then once you have the recipe, you have to do brand registrations and then you look for a co-packer or producer. Essentially, that means you're looking for someone to make the product for you. And I thought that would be so easy because a lot of these new contract breweries have been popping up. But that that process took a year and a half and it was was just miserable. It took that long to find some company to actually make your product? Mm -hmm. And that's because Makali is kind of in between the producing, or specifically maku, uh, between a beer and a sake. So no co-packer or producer or facility had both the licensing and the equipment for both beer and sake. Oh, it was like such a specific niche that you couldn't find someone that had all the things that... Because you had to combine two ways. Right. So how did you find someone eventually? I eventually found a tiny sake brewery in Maine, and they didn't have any beer equipment. I was manually, after the liquid was made, I was manually like filling the cans and like sealing the cans and wrapping the cans and... Oh, you were at the actual factory doing that by hand? Mm -hmm. Each can. I bought these two machines that like homebrewers make. Mm -hmm. They basically beer 10 cans to bring to these competitions or to share with their friends. It was like $300. And I bought two of those. And I bought I brought like my family and a couple of friends and just drove up to Maine every time we had a production run. And it was enough to kind wow. of like get started in the market. Um so after that, they actually shut down because they're going under. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, I'm at a fork here, either give this up or I I look for like a larger and better facility. And eventually mm-hmm. I ended up 
raising a round of funding and then going to Korea to find a producer over there. Carol, do you feel like ever since you were making makuli, well, technically maku, we talked about it before about our culture and our background and stuff, um, your Korean descent. Do you feel like it made you more Korean in a way? <laughs> mm-hmm. I grew up in Flushing, Queens, and yeah. <laughs> I always felt like That's we right. were the majority. <laughs> like I want to say my middle school or, you know, was like 40% Korean or something like that. And the neighborhoods that I was growing yeah. up in, like all of my friends are Korean. I grew up on K-pop and Korean dramas and pump and sticker pictures and Counter-Strike. And so like, oh, like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. we were at the same PC bangs at the same time when we were younger. It's possible. For sure. <laughs> Carol yeah. is like threefold more Korean than you are, Ben. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I'm sure still in some ways, even though you had a very good Korean foundation, it still mm-hmm. connected you a little bit further with that. Oh, absolutely. Because I started having to go to Korea a lot for work. Yeah. Um, whether it was research or finding a producer or like fundraising or so... I think that got me more in touch with like Korea, the motherland, opposed to like what I knew as what Korea would be like based on my K-pop and <laughs> Korean dramas. <laughs> yeah, like Korea, like Flushing. Yeah, that's it. that's right. where all the Koreans are from. Just Flushing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, wait, we're from an actual another country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like the next closest one was Koreatown, LA, because that's I th- would say more representative of Korea. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> the culture is definitely different, you know, in Korea. And yeah, I feel much more comfortable in Korea now. And I am very proud of what I am doing because it is showing and exposing our heritage and our culture. Yeah. Even when we were younger, I don't even recall if I saw Makoli on the... Sorry, if I'm mispronouncing it throughout this interview, I'm sorry. You're doing great. I'm trying my best here. But I don't ever remember seeing it on the menu that much. Uh, Maybe it was, but I was just too, you know, like hammered with soju to actually pay attention. Yeah, we're still like drinking like soju and like Smirnoff. Probably, yeah, that was the case though. But I want to say that was actually my personal first introduction to Mm -hmm. Magoli was actually through Maku. Oh, shit. I also had preconceived notions of the beverage in general. Right, Mm -hmm. you're like, this is milk. (laughs) (laughs) like like in some ways i was very similar to those people in uh, central park but yeah i think my first time having maku was also a flavored maku but now Mm -hmm. prior to 2022 because i can't drink this year but last year i i'm much more comfortable with that flavor well that was our plan so that's great (laughs) like to get the flavors to ease people into original maku i work at a little mad carol and you know we Mm -hmm. have maku and people are always asking about it. And then I see them. At first, when I pour it into the glass, I'll be honest, it's non-Asian people at first. They're like, oh, uh, is this a protein shake? It's like, no, sir. No, just just try it. And they'll sip it and be like, oh, shit, honey, this is delicious. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, like we said, I think just the fiber itself. So people can skip their <laughs> Metamucil or whatever their fiber product is. Just yeah. have some maku and then you're, yeah, man. you'll stay regular that way. Yeah, man. Kind of piggybacking on that, too. Mm. When you finally had your product ready to go and everything and you tried to look for your distribution channels, did you face any resistance because the U.S. Uh, market doesn't know about maguli in general? And I don't mean those weird people in Central Park, but the actual like vendors. Of course, no one wants to take that risk or that chance, um, especially when that was a year of so much innovation and so many new products coming out. They could either take a mm-hmm. makgeolli that's no one ever has heard of and 
even if they try it, you know, it's a hit or miss. Or they could take a hard seltzer, a hard tea, a hard anything else. A, I didn't even really try going to the distributors first. I was just selling store by store. So the end of 2019 oh, okay. is when I started selling. And I think I probably sold it into like 20 restaurants in New York. And then nice. I hired my first employee who, you know, sold into probably a similar amount in LA. And then from there, mm. we were able to go to distributors and say, hey, we sold this much. You know, do you want to carry us? And then in LA, there was a Korean distributor. And they were like, sure, we okay. already have all these Korean accounts. It's a no-brainer for us. But then the uh, New York distributor, it's a American, you know, more general market distributor. And they said, no, uh, we're not going to carry you. If you go to Whole Foods and get them to say that they'll carry you, we will we'll bring you in. They wanted you to go to Whole Foods. like It's them being like... You know, we're the cool kids, so you're going to have to show us. So then what happened? It's, com- it's a common way for brands to get into distributors that they want to get into. So I just didn't know that at the time. Right. And I was like, all right, I'll go I'll go to Whole Foods. And then I got an email that they would carry me once we, you know, signed up with the distributor that they work with. And that was January of 2020. And from there, we started selling to other distributors. So now we're with about 22 partners. Nice. Oh, wow. Literally started from the bottom. The fact that you are where you are now with the company and everything, that speaks to a even bigger success than given the difficulties of the logistics chain and everything that you just referenced. Mm. Is there a moment during the whole process? Was there an aha moment like this is actually a success? Whatever you define success as. Um, I haven't hit that point yet whenever (laughs) (laughs) it's okay some some i mean sometimes i'm like oh this is a sign that this could be successful you know we just have like customers writing to us about how much they love the product or when we're at events with other vendors and like we're the most popular table like i'm like oh we might have something here but i think we have to first hit profitability for me to feel somewhat comfortable and feeling like okay like this this is going to be fine and this is going to be successful and I don't foresee that happening until next year. Yeah, because it takes a lot of investment. It takes a lot of time. You kind of have to be in the red at first before you start building, gaining enough momentum yeah. to actually see some profits. I remember when you first started off, um, my ex at the time kind of worked for you for a bit. So okay. I was driving her around. <laughs> and, you know, she's like, yeah, we're going to hit these these uh, stores in Brooklyn and like Queens. Oh, so in like a very strange twist, in some ways, Ben was an unpaid intern for you <laughs> in the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. It's all due to you. <laughs> yeah. I have a 18% stake in uh, Maku as we speak. Yeah, it was really cool. You know, she'll come back into the car and I'm like, oh, how'd it go? You know, she's like, oh, I got I got it. I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. So like, keep it up, man. So we've really come full circle now. Oh, man. So, yeah, congratulations on all of this. Thank you. I mean... Ben is saving his gas receipts from back then. He's going to forward them to you afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. I think I have a lot of people coming to me in New York and saying, oh my gosh, wow, I see your product everywhere. Mm. But then I'm always like, oh, that's only in New York. And we have, what, 49 other states that we need to replicate the same thing. And so, yeah, I think we've just kind of scratched the surface and I feel like we're still a little fly on the wall, so tiny. (laughs) No need to be so modest. I think just getting to where you are is a great success as is. Yeah. I also wanted to uh, touch upon this. Have there been any points in the past through all this process where you yourself being an Asian American, being a female has probably made the process a little bit more difficult? 
Well, I think this industry alcohol is just much more favorable or geared towards men. Mm. People in the distributors or even retailers, they kind of work from the bottom up, right? They've been there for 10, 20 years. They all started as stockists, delivery men, um, warehouse people. And those people are all men. Yeah. So that plus this being a very relationship-driven business. I mean, I know a lot of businesses relationship-driven, but this is there's a lot of gatekeepers, right? At the retail level, at the distributor level, at the restaurant level, a lot of those decision makers are men. And us as suppliers and brands, what we have to do is basically like sell ourselves to them and just become best friends. Yeah. And a lot of that requires like FaceTime and chatting and drinking. And mm. sometimes I feel like it's a boys club and sometimes I'm like the only woman and a lot of people, when I used to sell, they were asking me, oh, are you the intern? Oh, like, who's your boss? Um, and even physically myself, when I was selling, I would be carrying 12 to 18 cans in my backpack. And it's just a lot harder for me, right? Like, I'm like 100 something pounds. And yeah, um, of course, it is very, it's a physically taxing industry. Yeah, I think even with fundraising, like with investors, I think there has been a lot of talk around this in general, right? About how more investments and more investors need to be female. So more capital goes to female entrepreneurs. And in general, I think this day and age is much more positive for AAPI women-owned brands because there's a lot of diversity and inclusion initiatives that are specifically seeking out brands and founders like myself. So it's kind of twofold, right? I also find a lot of community and support from other AAPI and or women who are looking to me as either a role model or they understand me or uh, they find a sense of like community and bonding. And so I think there's definitely challenges. And I think there's also opportunities that come with the fact that I'm a Asian female entrepreneur. It's nice that you can see both sides of the coin right there. Because uh, I have heard of a lot of other uh, businesses where they may be owned by a woman, but they're not the face of the brand, right? They'll either hire a uh, another chief executive officer or like you know someone below them that will be the face of the brand that puts mm-hmm. themselves out there. But yeah. it's nice to see that you didn't give a shit about that and you said, "Hey, this is me. This is my product. I'm gonna go out there and do my thing." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you started off with Maku, and now we have a semi new product. How did you branch off into creating Soku? Um. So we started conceptualizing Soku last summer. Soku is a kind of like a hard seltzer. It's clear, it's bubbly, it's a little bit sweet, but it's made with soju. Mm. I was looking in the market, my favorite thing to drink was High Noon. And I was like, for some reason, I just like this better than hard seltzers. And at the time, I didn't understand the difference between a White Claw and a High Noon. Mm -hmm. Doing some research, I realized one is malt-based fermented sugar, which is White Claw. And one is basically a diluted vodka cocktail, uh, which is... Baca, sparkling water, and real fruit juice. Um, I was like, hmm, this is delicious. And my thought was always kind of, maybe we'll grow a portfolio one day. So, And at the time, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, we love maku, but it's really um, hard to drink many, many cans, or it's hard to like 
get you know smashed on them or um yeah you can say that it's okay (laughs) (laughs) we would we would like something that's a little bit like transparent or lighter or less sweet so we were getting feedback that they're not going to leave maku but they wanted more options for other occasions ah and then we were also getting questions about are you ever going to start your own soju right (laughs) so yeah i figured we would build on everything we've built and we also launched an e-commerce site last year so that was kind of how it came about. I also figured like Makali, since it's a new category, it's going to take a really long time to build and maybe building so at the same time, it'll be very synergistic and it might even be a little bit more momentous given the category that it falls into. Yeah, it's more familiar with the general clientele. Right, like the taste, the soju, the, the style of the beverage. Mm-hmm. We're essentially thinking of it as like a new brand launch and... Hopefully, like this summer, we'll we'll start like seeing some momentum around it because you know it's the perfect drink for the summer. Mm-hmm. Soku summer. I hope I get to my fitness goal, so I'm allowed to drink again this year in the summer because <laughs> Soku is so new that it has only existed for me in the time that I cannot drink. <laughs> so, just from a purely uh, selfish point of view, I'm yeah. looking forward to it as well. Oh man! One final question about about your company and mm-hmm. where do you foresee all this for yourself? I don't need your five, 10 year plan, but you know, like well, what is a rough goal for you yourself and the company eventually? Do you want BTS to be holding your brand and drinking it up on stage? And is that the ultimate goal? Yes, that is. <laughs> that, would, that would be crazy. Yeah, I think that would be a great uh, target goal for us. Uh, that one that uh, we have not nice. thought of. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the idea is to export our brands to other countries and kind of have it be a household staple. I don't yet know if we're planning to expand our portfolio, but I don't want to think that far because there's still like so much. Like We're just starting with Soku now. In terms of... Do I want to exit or do I want to work on this company forever? I I don't know about that yet. But the idea is to continue building the brand equity, really kind of building this into a household name. Very high level goals. Uh, I'm still picturing BTS. They're like, oh, it's going to be in a music I mean, Black, Blackpink is okay, too. Shout out. So shout out to uh, Blackpink if, if they're listening. <laughs> Someone has always told me, put stuff on your vision board that's maybe a little bit too far reaching. You never know. You never that's know. absolutely right. Yeah, I think always reach for the stars. Let's just say we live in an alternate universe where there is no maku, there is no soku. I just want to quickly touch on some other Asian alcohols, Asian beverages, because our listener base, I think, would get a kick out of this. Yeah. I guess I'll be moderator and Ben and Carol, you guys can kind of be my contestants. Or- sure. You too, you can always chime in, please. <laughs> please chime in. Beers. Yeah. Korean beers, there's Clout, there's Obi, there's Height. Japanese beers, there's Asahi, Sopro, uh, Kirin. Kirin. I'm yeah. not going to list my Chinese beers because I think they're inferior. I can say that. <laughs> I can say that. And I, it's okay. It's fine. No Sing Tao, bro. We'll start with you, Ben. Japanese beers or Korean beers? Ooh. So I think there's like a clear kind of almost difference. They're almost all lager-based, right, for the most part, I noticed. Which ones? Uh, the Japanese ones or the Japanese Korean ones? Japanese and Koreans, it's a lot. Overall, as a category, if you had to pick. <sighs> Fuck. Because toughy. Is it me or are most Korean beers super, uh, super light? They are. That's why you got to throw in the soju in there. <laughs> That's precisely. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese uh, beers, Korean beers, pick one. Oh, uh, man, I'm going to have to stick to my uh, my roots. I'm going to go Korean. You just don't want the listeners to start yelling at you. 
Exactly. That's literally what it is, man. So I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to be a liar about it. <laughs> what about you, Carol? Korean beers versus Japanese beers. Boom. Korean. I only drink beer when I'm drinking soju, so... It's usually Korean beer. <laughs> Carol has a slightly better answer, but I feel like you're both yeah. afraid to kind of piss off your Korean base. No, you know, we're not dismissing <laughs> Japanese beers. Japanese beers are fucking delicious too. But you know, we got to stick with what we know. Fine. Um, <laughs> Linji's upset. He's like, come on. <laughs> Have you guys heard of the Chinese uh, spirit Baicho? Yes. Uh, Carol, you want to go first? I've definitely heard of it. Do you know of Mutai or Mutu or there's this red bottle? Is that by you? It should be there because there's various different brands, but they all package kind of looking very, very similar. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm gonna just guess that that probably is by Joe. Was it uh-huh. really, really strong? Yes, 100. That was probably by Joe. <laughs> I thought it was the worst alcohol I have ever tried. <laughs> <laughs> but my, but my dad likes it. Oh really? Yeah, my dad likes it. Oh, he it. could drink. We've said this several times. It is strong. It will it's like, fuck you up. I forget what the exact proof on the thing is, but it is. I think it's like 350 <laughs> <laughs> proof or some shit. <laughs> what about you, Ben? What are your thoughts on Baichu? Um, I don't remember when I after I drink it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very potent stuff. How do you pronounce it again? Uh, Baichu. Baichu. It basically translates to Baicho. white alcohol. Oh, mm. Baichu. I like it. I mean, it takes some getting used to. Um, it's strong. It is very, very strong. So you can it, remove paint with it. It I is think. a paint thinner. You can substitute <laughs> it as a paint thinner. It's pretty much what it is. Let's move on to the next one. I think over the past maybe decade or so, I think a lot mm. of uh, Japanese distilleries have been making a name for themselves in terms of whiskey. So we yeah. obviously have some Tori and Nika. Okay. Mm-hmm. Japanese whiskeys. Yay or nay for you, Ben? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. It's, uh, it's overpriced now. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, Centauri, man, you gotta you gotta step it up, man. You gotta start making more batches. I know. People keep buying up now. Yeah, it gets sold out real quick. How about you, Carol? Japanese whiskeys. Yeah, I've been on a Japanese whiskey kick. We just drank <laughs> half a bottle last night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, shit. How we, that's how we've been drinking <laughs> a couple of years now. Which one yeah. did you have last night? Uh, Takatsuru. Props to Carol. She owns yeah. an alcohol company and uh-huh. she actually drinks a lot of alcohol. Yeah, for real, yo. She's not a faker. Yeah. Market research. Josh, yeah, she's yeah, been yeah, mad professional. Yeah. So, yo, it's for uh, It's know. all market research. Yes. Can... One thing like, I guess that's kind of similar to uh, soju, sake, and shochu. Uh, shochu, yes. Do you guys think those two are any better than soju? I've had shochu. I'm trying to remember what makes a difference the shochu the difference but i remember that shochu does have a technically shelf life as well oh does it yeah i i think i could be wrong carol if you want to chime in but i think shochu is doesn't last as long so you actually have to drink it in a certain time window. usually that means there's more sugar content in it right yeah that's what i was gonna say i'm trying to remember the flavor but it is on a sugary side but it's not sweet mm-hmm. it's i don't want to say vinegar that's like the worst <laughs> way of describing something but yeah, uh, I can I can live without it, I guess, if that's what... So but, uh, you would pick soju over those two? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. How about you, Carol? Um, so I'm Googling just to make sure because I always thought shochu was a spirit, so I wouldn't think it has a shelf life. Please, if I'm wrong, enlighten <laughs> me. I very, very rarely drink shochu, so I can't speak on that. But I, I do drink a lot of sake. I love sake. I would say sake and soju mm-hmm. are quite different because sake is fermented it's brewed it's it's very similar to makgeolli it's lower abv totally different occasion for me than soju and there's also like a lot of different types of soju soju used to be my least favorite spirit oh i just i just prefer like whiskey and and non-clear spirits but i am starting to grow 
um, or respect, <laughs> I guess, for soju and <laughs> researching it a lot more these days. <laughs> researching. Whenever Carol says researching, she's she's just getting hammered. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing tonight? I'm doing market research. <laughs> it's like it's like four in the morning. It's like. Are you still doing market research? Like, yeah, that's right. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, you let out my secret. <laughs> I'm gonna probably mispronounce this, but please correct me. Is this Korean bakbun jaju? Bokbunja. It's the black raspberry. The wine. I'm not gonna pretend to <laughs> to, to charter, but I just saw this recently as yeah. I was, you know, trying to make this list. It looks like a. It's reddish in color. Yeah, it's very yeah dark red. Have you guys had that? Yeah. It's good. I haven't had that in a while, actually. It's yeah, it was my favorite growing up when I was younger, in my early 20s. Well, yeah. How would you actually describe it? It's a black raspberry wine, but it, it's very sweet. It's kind of like a very yes. condensed. It literally tastes like a jammy black raspberry wine. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's mm-hmm. very concentrated, it feels yeah, like, very, right? Because it's like in a small volume. Is it for sipping or is it for it's for sipping. Shots? Uh, sipping shots. <laughs> you can kind of do both. And by the way, shochu it is distilled, so it does have the it doesn't go bad. So I have no idea what I was drinking because <laughs> some guy was explaining to him. I was like, I never had this. So <laughs> it says so shochu is often mixed with water or with fresh juice. Um, so it might have been a mixed one. Oh, there so you there go. you go. So you're both correct. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, one last honorary one, and this is not an Asian alcohol at all, but Ben keeps uh-huh. telling me that Jameson is uh-huh. honorary Korean. <laughs> is this true? <laughs> Carol, you want to go first? I absolutely agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, Johnny. Also, Johnny. Facts. Why Facts. is that the case, though? You're right. Every time yeah, we go to K-Town, you go to... But like mm-hmm. you'll see it. it's just that I made a joke that like maybe Korean people confuse Jameson for a big ass bottle of soju. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same colors. <laughs> so they're like, yo, that's it's the same shit, right? And they're like drinking like, oh damn, this is some crazy ass soju, dude. That kind of makes a little bit of sense. A but little. I, I am curious how that'll happen though. Right. Like right? someone needs to find the backstory to that. N- Netflix will make a documentary oh, about yeah. this. Maybe Carol can like go from bar to bar and do some market research and <laughs> ask around. Word. Word. Figure it out. Yep. I want to just have a really quick story and this might be kind of dumb. Do you guys mm. know Yuanling the beer? Yeah. Definitely. I remember for my entire life until I got way into my, until I got way older, for some odd reason, I thought Yuanling was a Chinese beer. Same. I thought the same thing too. Mm-hmm, same. We're all in the same boat here. Oh my God. And yeah. Then, and then I find out that it's a German guy that went to Pennsylvania like over a century ago. And Yuanling is just like a different spelling of a German word like Yang Yang or something like that. Are you serious? Yeah. What? I'm just glad I that I'm not yeah. the only person that for my whole life thought it was a Chinese beer. Yeah, I think that's a very, you thought very that too, Carol? popular. Mm-hmm. Yep, found out about two years ago. <laughs> two oh, years ago. There you go. I feel a little bit better about that because I just thought I was being really dumb myself. That's okay. That's uh, German China's best beer. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, you have one embarrassing alcohol story that you want to tell us about? Oh, yeah. For when, when you're doing this market research? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will have to say I am such a good drunk. but I, I So I don't have very recent stories but i remember when i was in jamaica i was drunk and we were drinking outside and i wanted to run across the beach 
but then I, I didn't see the stairs leading into the beach and and then I oh, fell on, on both the knees and I still have a scar oh. on both knees because I was bleeding so badly on oh. both knees because it was cement. So I have the scars to remind me I all the time that. not to drink that much. Oh man, I could feel that. Uh, How many steps was it? <laughs> it was just two, but I didn't see them. <laughs> it was a night. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, I couldn't walk for a few days though because it was tough. Please, when you guys drink out there, make sure you wear your knee pads. <laughs> Lord. I remember I got drunk really badly in K-Town and I got so drunk. I remember when I woke up, I woke up on the folding table of those 24-7 laundromat. <laughs> oh my gosh. And uh, I, yeah, and I That's remember uh, I remember I woke up and uh, there was like an old Ajuma lady just mm -hmm. folding her clothing, minding her own business right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't give a shit. I got up. I think I wiped the drool off. I was like, all right, time to really go home and uh, reassess my life. So... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> the last segment that we have on every single podcast, it's called Ranting and Raving. We take a second for each one of us to quickly just rant about anything completely unrelated. Mm -hmm. You can rant about something bad that happened to you. You can rave about something good. It's just a quick little fun segment that we take to wrap up every single uh, episode. I will start this off because I was composing a lot of emails last night, both to you, Carol, and to other people as well. Uh, one quick pro-life tip for everyone. When you're composing an email, delete the to email address, as in leave that box blank. So whoever you're sending it to, leave that box completely blank. Write your email, write the title, proofread everything. And mm -hmm. then at the very end, you can add back the email address that you're, that you're sending it to. Because there have been several times in my life where I've done a rough draft or something, where it was the completely wrong person, and I've sent out the email. And then you're oh. backtracking and trying to like fix yourself and trying to do everything. Right. I do that all the time. You mean you sent it to the wrong person? No, no. I I put the two person last. Oh, okay. Well, Ben, you don't compose many emails, but just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not as much tip. as you for sure, but that would suck, actually. I'm thinking about, oh, damn, that would be. How about you, Ben? What do you got? I spilled coffee in my head. I was sewing in the morning. I'm on my way here. I was tired. And I was like, all right, let me just pour some coffee into the thermos. And I just poured it all over my hand. But besides oh, no. that. Yeah, it was, it was okay. I was like cursing. My dog was like, you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I gotta go now. But uh, what about you, Carol? Do you have anything to rant about or rave about? Um, a lot. But just while we're on that email topic, there's a something you can install or some setting you could change where you could undo send. Oh, Wait, what? <laughs> you can undo a send for like up to 30 seconds or a minute or something. I forget. But I, I have used oh. that so many times. And that's my favorite. Game changer. This is on Gmail? It's on Gmail. I don't know if it's an uh, install or if it's a setting. <laughs> but you can do undo. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that. Listeners can't see my face because this is all, you know, audio, everything. But still, yeah. I am very, 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 like, amazed. You are awestruck right I'm now. I'm awestruck that I can't <laughs> do <that> email. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else that you want to rant about, Carol? Yeah. Keep going if you want. Uh, No. It's, it's Friday, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a good mood, oh, yes. Oh, shit, it is Friday. Friday. All this talk, by the way, made me want to go drinking. I'm not alive. <laughs> I was like, shit, I kind of want to drink. Oh. That's a problem. Well, good for you guys. You guys can get together sometimes and do some market research. <laughs> Almost five o'clock in the UK, so you have, to, you have <laughs> okay. permission. Carol, are you drinking right now? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not a flask, just coconut water. <laughs> Well, technically, you can refill the coconut bottle with anything else. It's coconut rum, not coconut water. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Carol, thank you so much for taking time to be here with us. For our listeners out there, if they want to get in touch with you, follow the brand, buy some Maku, buy some Soku, where can they find you on the interwebs? Um, our Instagram is drinksul, S-O-O-L, uh, which means alcohol in Korean. And if they want to contact me, my LinkedIn is Carol Pack. Um, and then we have a website, drinksul.com, over, like list all of our stores, or you could buy us online. I will have all the links to that down in the box below. If you haven't tried makuli in general, like I said earlier, it's a really good way for you to be introduced to something that you may not be too familiar with. Try one of the flavor ones. They have lots and lots of different flavors. The next time you're at your local H-Mart, 99 Ranch... I can't mm-hmm. think of any other soup, Asian supermarkets, but whatever. Uh, Golden Wall? Is that one? Golden Wall? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Okay. Uh, aside from that, it was really a pleasure talking to you today. I've heard from Ben that everyone that interviews you gets a lifetime supply of maku, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Thank you so much, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up only. <laughs> oh. Hey, I will drive over there and pick up. There is like a giant stack of product right behind you right now. And we have nothing to do this afternoon, Carol. I'm going to find you and pick up that crazy back there uh you can't drink so once you hit your fitness goal oh so happy to give you some (laughs) (laughs) she said i'm happy to give you some you know what i'm gonna take this little snippet i'm gonna remember this when i get to my fitness goal and and i can't drink yeah the first thing i'm having is a bottle of maku nice straight from carol she's gonna autograph the bottle Sounds good. All right, Carol. Thanks so much. If you want to catch us on all the social medias, we're at Worst Asian Pod. Feel free to sign to our DMs. Uh, send me, send us, send Carol some pictures of you guys drinking Maku. That would be nice and cool. Mm-hmm. When you guys are super hammered on Maku, please leave us a five-star review. Yes. Actually, you know what? If you're drunk, don't leave us a review. You might press the wrong number of stars. That is true. I've definitely done that. And I apologize. So when you guys sober up, <laughs> then leave us that five-star review. Um, in the meantime, guys, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye, guys. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. If you run a small business, efficiency has never been more important. So for a limited time, Comcast Business is introducing small business savings. Call now to get powerful internet for just $39 a month for 12 months with no annual contract and a money-back guarantee. All on the largest, fastest, reliable network for small businesses. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Ends 921-22. Requires EcoBill and AutoPay. Restrictions apply. New business 50 megabits per second customers only. Equipment taxes and other charges extra and subject to change. After promo, regular rates apply.